Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Real people, real stories, real talk. Hi, Heather. Hi there. How are you doing this week? I am good. How are you doing? I am fantastic. So after a couple of weeks of some lighthearted episodes, it sounds like we might be getting back into something a little heavier today. What do you got for us? Sounds good. And in case you didn't know, this is the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Um, We are happy to have you. Today, I want to talk about sexual harassment at the workplace. Yay! Fireworks! (laughs) Jazz hands. So I just wanted to say, as we were planning for this podcast, that what comes up for me is probably the first big news story slash court case that I remember as a kid was the um, Supreme Court justice guy. Clarence Thomas, who now is like who now his wife is like, um, I don't know, part of the January 6th thing. And like, it's Mm -hmm. all this whole conspiracy and he's trying to like get Roe v. Wade overturned and Mm -hmm. yeah, asshole. Anyway. Yeah. So I remember my grandparents watched like every, I remember that. that. I totally remember that. Cable news TV. That was when you literally had to just sit and watch stuff on television, Mm -hmm. but like every news show was talking about it. So you literally could just watch that like for hours every yeah. day and and so I was probably like seven or eight maybe nine ish and so really young to be hearing mm-hmm. some of the stuff that was being talked about but um it's just interesting that that's kind of my first memory of like a big tv story like controversial Isn't it story. interesting how many sexual predators there are on the supreme court yeah because I mean how many of those trials or cases have we watched in our lifetime of just people who are on the Supreme Court? Isn't that interesting? And I don't know how that case actually turned out, but it really disturbs me that he made it to the Supreme Court. And and Brett Kavanaugh, like who doesn't Um, even remember how many people he might have sexually assaulted because he was just a drunk. He just likes beer. Like I can't, I can't, I can't even, but that's a great segue for what we're going to talk about today, because I think like what led me here and wanting to talk about it on the podcast with you is that I was speaking with a mutual friend who, you know, obviously will remain anonymous for this situation. And she was telling me about like, you know, all of the sexual harassment at work. Yeah. But the fact that, and you know, we were talking about it and it's just like, but what are you going to do about it? Like you can't, there's literally nothing really that she can do about it. And she feels like unsafe and um, like, it just feels icky, you know? And it's just so not okay. That said, there's not really anything that she can do about it. And it made me think about some situations that I've been in at work that I kind of didn't really, I don't know, after they happened, I kind of like brushed them under the rug because like, I couldn't do anything. I did what I, what I thought I could, you know, but I felt really uncomfortable talking to people about the situations and like felt really unsafe, you know? And I'm like, dude, this is 2022. But I mean, you know, we know that means nothing right now is like women are having literally every, everything taken away from us. But like, I just can't believe 
that people are marching around acting like we have any sort of rights when like we can't even feel safe going to work and there's nothing that we can do about it. And it's very upsetting to me because I just, I thought we were in a better place than this, you know? And so it's like, every time we have some big movement, you know, like the Me Too movement or whatever, I'm like, and, you know, like, what is this going to actually do? I'm, I'm glad that everyone's marching in the streets or whatever's happening, but like, nothing's actually, nothing's happening, you know, like everybody's getting riled up right now, but in, in a month or six months or a year, you know, you can be sexually harassed and like, nothing will be done about it, Yeah, you know, so. And I want to say, I mean, I think improvements happen in pockets. I think my workplace takes it very seriously. If anyone at my work was to say anything, even remotely, off-putting to me, I would absolutely have no problem going to HR and I would feel confident that they would handle it really well just based on other things I've seen in my workplace. But I get that my work is different than other places. They're Mm -hmm. pretty progressive and they seem to be really on top of things. But um, I'm wondering if you feel comfortable sharing maybe just some generals about what happened to your friends so we can- Sure. Well, I mean- What you're talking about? So with her, like she works with a lot of men and she's like the only female and they'll like just talk about blood jobs and things in front of her or you know that's disgusting specific sexual things in front of her like she's not even standing there and it's like mm-hmm. that's total bullshit because they're doing it on purpose they're doing it to make her uncomfortable it's so like obvious that that's like such a, a thing you know and yeah. it's like when I hear this kind of stuff, it's so frustrating to me because it's just like, I, I mean, I don't know. I've like on purpose put myself in bubbles with guys who I thought were like the good guys, you know, my whole life. And so when I hear about these sort of situations, it's like the guy at the bar who hits on you or who, whatever, you know, that like, you can just brush them off if you see them like out in the world but what do you do when you work with them you know what if you what do you do when you work with that guy who's like who feels so confident that nothing is going to happen to him that he can like say something like like so I'll share my like what happened to me at my last job um so two things so one I I didn't work specifically with this person I did work with someone who like was inappropriate regularly, but it didn't bother me as much because I just kind of ignored him. But like, but still that's like a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but then there was a guy that like I had to regularly interact with um, for work purposes. And literally every single time I interacted with him, it was, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I can come keep you warm. Like I can come, you know, it was every single time. Or like if I wore a skirt or shorts, Ooh, look at those legs. Or, you know, it was something like that 
every single time. And I even had to sit next to him in a sexual harassment training, which oh was God. like so uncomfortable because every single thing they were talking about were things that he had done to me. Wow. And it was like his thing that he was known for. And I remember like talking to my boss about it and she was like, yeah, that's just how he is. Like everybody says that. And like, she didn't feel comfortable being around him, but nobody did anything about it. Right. And yeah. then there was this, and eventually he's like, I worked there for several years and it wasn't until the last year that I worked there when I was like in a relationship with someone at, at the same, you know, in the building that he kind of stopped yeah. doing that. And, and my boss was like, oh yeah, I think someone said something to him. And I'm like, Seth, he should have been fired, you know, <laughs> like he was like a nice yeah. enough person, but I mean, that's like, it's just so inappropriate. Okay. So then there was this other guy that I worked with and again, didn't work with him. He worked in the building. He was a maintenance person mm -hmm. and which is even creepier because he has access to everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, he could be hiding I like, your desk. Yeah, you just <laughs> never know, but he, I mean, he would have keys to all the offices, I assume. Yeah. But so, um, I saw him in the hallway and I had never spoken to him before. You know, I've never really had a reason to, we, you know, cross paths or whatever, but I don't speak to everybody in a, you know, I mean, there are hundreds, hundreds of people in that building. Mm -hmm. um, and he started talking to me. And so we had like a hallway conversation, you know, super basic, you know, <laughs> I'm being nice to you kind of conversation. Um, it was pleasant. It was pleasant enough, you know, it was fine, whatever. Um, and I guess because, and this could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself is like men who think that if you are kind to them, that you mm -hmm. are pro like propositioning them or flirting yes. with them or inviting them to like, you know, I, I don't, you know, I was about, I was about to say something really inappropriate. <laughs> um, okay. But, yeah. you know, but so I guess he assumed that because I was being kind to him, um, I was like flirting with him or whatever, mm -hmm. because like, then after that, he started being like, really like mean to me. Like, and I can't remember if he like, I don't think he, I don't think he asked me out. Like, I can't even remember what happened, but he would call me a bitch under his breath every single time I walked by him. And mm -hmm. he would just like stare at me and mm -hmm. like, he would just like say things under his breath about me. And I was just like, it was so, it made me feel so incredibly uncomfortable. And he would always just be like staring at me and like giving me a dirty look. And like, I wow. think, I think he found out that I was like in a relationship with somebody there, you know? And so like, I guess that killed the dream he had that we were going to whatever. Um, yeah. But what? <laughs> Yeah. And I, so it made me nervous every time I saw him because I really, it felt really unhinged, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I didn't know, I didn't really, and I kind of mentioned it to, to some coworkers, you know, and they were like, oh, he's so nice. And I'm like, uh, I really don't want to be anywhere near him. Like, I don't want to be in the hallway if he's in the hallway. Like I would, you know, then specifically avoid him. And it's just yeah. like, why is this? I mean, you know, so I did say something to someone about the other guy, nothing happened. It was just like, oh yes, that's how he is. Ha ha ha. You know? Yeah. 
And then I talked to coworkers about this guy and it's like, he's so nice. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's like, whoa. It's just completely excused. Right. No it's just like, fine. And I'm like, oh. And nobody validates that you feel uncomfortable which like in and of itself would at least be something like to at least have like yeah that's really creepy somebody definitely should do something about that maybe nobody is going to but somebody should yeah um yeah I know I have some stuff that happened to me like long long time ago but it was way before the me too movement and it was all in like manual labor jobs so I felt like that's what you're signing up for and you know like if you're gonna go be on a landscaping crew or a roofing crew then you gotta just be one of the guys mm-hmm. and you know a lot of times on those jobs I was the only girl and I would try to just match the way they acted yes um and so you know and we've talked about that before yeah, like how lots of dirty we jokes, do that you know, lots of just inappropriate talk, but I don't feel like any of it was ever directed at me. And like I said, I felt like I'm choosing to work in this environment because I want to work outside and I want to learn how to do things that we consider to be like men specific jobs. Um, And so I just accepted that that was part of the work. I will tell you one of the more horrible things that ever happened to me was working roofing and it was the end of the day and I was the last person to come down off the roof so all the rest of the crew is standing on the ground and I'm turning around to go down the ladder off the roof and my pants split like ripped in the crotch so like my whole nanny and bottom is all hanging out Okay. Oh, no. And I cannot remember if I was wearing underwear or not. That was definitely a time in my life. Oh, it no. would have been hit or miss. <laughs> like, because like I didn't wear a lot of underwear there for some time. Never. But um, <laughs> so I'm so I'm standing at this top of this ladder and I'm like, oh crap. And they all heard it. I mean, they, they know, they can see. They're all standing down there looking up at me and they can see. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need all of you to turn around. And they literally were like, every one of them was like, not, in a, not for all the money in the world, not in a million years, not going to happen. There's no way. You're coming down that ladder and we're going to watch you. And I was like, mm-hmm. there was no other way. There was no way off the roof. There's one ladder. What, I'm going to run to the other side and jump? Like, it's a yeah. two-story house or something so I had to walk down this ladder you know and they all just stood there and watched me and when I got to the bottom then the foreman of the crew um grabbed some duct tape and like helped me to duct tape the pants back together so that I could you know finish out you know the cleanup and get home um but it was just like this is too much like even for me who's like one of the guys quote you know, and, and willing to, to joke along with everybody. I was like, that was beyond a joke. Like that Mm. was totally just an embarrassing thing that they weren't going to let me have any privacy for. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was my last day, I think roofing. Wow. Um, And I probably kind of got away from all the manual labor stuff there too. And I laughed it off and I didn't ever act like it bothered me. And like on a scale, it didn't bother me. Like 
excessively like it would bother me like a lot more now than it did back then but um because I was kind of a little bit of an exhibitionist already I literally wore see-through shirts so yeah that's very different things. though that's a choice though that's yeah a choice. but this wasn't it's a choice it's a choice and it just was kind of upsetting that they wouldn't even respect that I was asking them to turn around like they could have just been like okay and then like snuck a peek or something like that was what I would have expected from that situation but for them just to like blatantly be like we're not turning around you're well, gonna have to come down the ladder and I feel like part of what's wrong with our society is that it's a somehow it's okay if it's just a bunch of men working together if they're all like being really disgusting at work and it's like how whatever happens you know you just can't be disgusting at work period yeah. you know and if that's never been a thing maybe we should just make that a thing maybe we should just make it a thing where there are standards for places in society and if you want to be a disgusting vile human you have to do that in the privacy of your own home and someone has to like be okay with that because at work no one's making a choice usually or an easy choice about being there. And so they're not making a choice about being, you know, part of that sort of situation. And I just don't ever think, I don't think that that's okay. And I know that in our society, it is okay, but I'm telling you that's part of the problem with our society. And that's why, that's part of why men are the way they are. And it's also part of like why, you know, all of this stuff happens because we just, act like it's no big deal you know oh yeah. it's just a thing that men do and it's you know no well, can I tell can I tell you a woman's story because mm -hmm. it's not just men but I mean that's I a, a I don't care like I'm not even making this a man thing I'm saying mm -hmm. you shouldn't be allowed like you should have some respect enough respect you know screw everybody else have the respect for yourself to not be doing that in professional situations mm-hmm yeah, I know. So back when we owned the restaurant, we had a manager and we hired this lady that we had actually known from this other business that we had done work with and she had worked there. So we hired her. She seemed really competent. I was really excited to have her on. She worked evening shift with the male manager. And she started clearly indicating some interest in him. And I was like, weird they don't seem like a match that doesn't seem like her type she's like kind of to me she looked like she took a lot of care in her appearance and was really well put together whereas the manager guy was like super sloppy and like not like good looking so I just I thought it was like a weird pair but I'm like hey love you know whatever <laughs> so I wasn't in the the restaurant that was the point of having a manager <laughs> that was the time where me and my husband couldn't be there so we didn't really see what was happening and I didn't know until it was over what was going on. But basically she had just started dating him so that she could be late to work as much as she wanted. And so she would show up late to work every day and then probably not work the whole time she was there. And then I find out like after it was all said and done, because um, as soon as he quit being the manager, she of course dumped him. Um, and he comes to me and tells me he was like, well, yeah, she's really into like super kinky, like S&M type sex. And so she would show up late to work or like do something she's not supposed to do at work. And then 
she would get written up by the manager but then as like the punishment although that's not the way the write-up forms are written but like the like what did you do to you know correct this or how did you address this like then she would write in like something kinky like okay. choking her that's not the really time. even remotely the same thing though because they were actually in a relationship whether it was a valid relationship or not that's but, but he was getting totally used i mean she clearly but had that's no not, interest in him that's not the point it doesn't matter what their dynamics of their personal relationship were they were in a relationship <laughs> and if anything the issue is being in a relationship with someone you work with and like whether or not that's okay but that should have been yeah. your call your situation to deal with because you were actually the boss yeah but i guess it just made me feel really gross at the way and she, and it hurt him like he was really heartbroken when but it that's kind of again that's a relationship though you know like that's a relationship but that's I don't, not i don't know aggressive. i don't that's harassment <laughs> well i mean i guess so but i i just found it to be just a really and if it makes the workplace weird that's why you're not supposed to usually date people at work you know in the workplace especially not your managers and and restaurants i mean i had an affair with a manager at a restaurant once. Sure, um, my first my first boyfriend was like the who manager. Who was at still my married and place. also sleeping with a hostess, um, and my ex girlfriend. So he was getting around. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I mean, maybe it doesn't count as sexual harassment, but it really felt like she was using her position and his position to get what she wanted, um, and he really was dating her because he he liked her, and it just yeah. Really but hard. again, that's just that's. So, you know, like, that's, that's a relationship. Lots of relationships are gross, you know, yeah. like it's just, you shouldn't have seen that at work because they shouldn't have been dating each other at work, working that closely together. Mm -hmm. But again, that's on you yeah. because you were their boss and you should have been like, no fraternizing. I honestly was so happy that he had gotten a girlfriend, you know, cause he was so lonely that I didn't want to block it, but I had no idea till the end what was going on. Like I had no idea about how she was using the write-up forms the way she was. So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to share that because it's like a crazy story. I mean, that's gross, but it's only like, it's like inappropriate if somebody else who was working there knew about it, an underling, and they like found out about it and saw it and they were like, it made them uncomfortable working I'm around sure. that. I'm that would have sure. been, that's a different situation. I mean, I'd be surprised if other people weren't having issues with the fact that she was getting shown such favoritism, mm -hmm. um, whereas other people were expected to be at work on time and to work while they were there. So, um, so yeah, who knows how it actually came, came off to the other employees, but um, so is there any other stories you have? that you wanted to share well I mean like tons of stuff happened to me when I you know like the, the, like exactly what you were saying before I knew like back when it when it was felt icky but before I knew this is wrong you know because it wasn't like the me too movement that made me go oh this is not okay like I was listening to a podcast today that was talking about how like the whole point of the me too movement was to like um tell like allow women to tell their stories mm -hmm. um so okay great you know <clears throat> so I don't know why we keep talking to, about the me too movement like it was something like some big monumental thing because nothing monumental really happened um none of the men who were canceled are still canceled <laughs> you know like Bill Cosby's not even in jail anymore yeah. yeah um I'm pretty sure Weinstein's 
out of prison now too. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean like nothing really happened to anyone, um, except, you know, a lot of women got shamed. Um, but yeah, like men are still grow, still doing the same stuff. Like yeah. I, I get, ugh, I'm still so irritated by that Louis CK thing. I can't mm. even begin to tell you, but then there's yeah. like, oh yeah. So we were talking before about this Elon Musk thing and there's this mm-hmm. like story in the news, which may or may not be true. Who cares? Um, I, like I told I think you, it's totally true. like I told you, I always <laughs> feel that anything regarding Elon Musk is like guilty until proven innocent. Like and I, I feel totally like believe that- any man who's a multi-billionaire is probably doing a multi-billionaire and someone who has like a super huge ego because he Mm -hmm. thinks he thinks he can get away with anything because he has all this money and he acts like he can get away with anything because he does he gets away with Mm -hmm. anything you know and it's like you know which is really funny too because like his twitter deal is not going to go through and it's not going to not go through because he's choosing for it to not go through it's not going to go through because he actually doesn't have enough money to buy twitter because he's yeah. loser he's a total well, loser good. but so anyway so then there's Maybe a story my twitter account now <laughs> so then there's a story that comes out that like um he had propositioned and i'm being really nice how i'm saying this he propositioned um someone who was on the crew of spacex and so he feels like he off owns like two hundred and fifty thousand, gave her two hundred fifty thousand dollars I don't know here. I have to be perfectly honest and tell you that I didn't read the whole article. I skimmed several articles about it. And I just like, I just believe, I just believe it because I believe all of it. I totally believe that he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein. I totally believe that he was friends with that lady whose name I can't pronounce, who did all, who got all solicited all the women for Epstein. Like I totally believe all the things simply because I look at his face and I'm like, I, I just know, I just know, you know, <laughs> like I, just, I believe it all. Yeah. And I just think he's like totally gross. And so, um, yeah. so I don't know all the details. So I feel like you probably you, know more than me. Let me. Yeah. Let me fill you in because okay. yeah, I feel like I, I, there's so many times I've been caught, like not knowing my facts when having a conversation with somebody that I've just have gotten like, where I'm like, I'm going to know everything before I even say a word about something. So this I is love that about you. Recording. That's so smart. I just feel like, I mean, how I'm not really going to have any, I guess I am having it right now, but like outside of this tiny little sphere, I'm not going to have any conversations about him. Yeah. But like, if you send me a link to something, like I will thoroughly research it before I'll even like respond back. I appreciate and like that. my response is like, like literally my text back will be like, that's crazy. But like, honestly, I've done like 45 minutes of research to get See, to that. And I um, think like, and I think I sent it to you and I was just like, saw the headline, briefly skimmed it and was just like, I, like knew Heather it. Will read this. I knew it. I knew it. Heather will, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and I'm like, yeah, of course he's a rich guy. Don't they? Cause I know more. Will, like, yeah. Cause I know them. more will come out, you know, yeah. anyway, tell me, so tell me all about this it. is, this is what, um, came out. So the flight attendant was encouraged by Elon Musk to get her, to get a massage license so that she could give him massages in the private cabin of his Gulfstream jet, I guess. And so, um, so anyway, during one of these massages, he allegedly started uh, like rubbing her leg 
and exposed himself. Then he offered to buy her a horse in exchange. I read for the a- horse thing. Okay, now I did read the horse thing, and I was like, the, my first thought was, okay, maybe it's not real. But then I looked at his face, and I was like, no, he looks like someone who would say that. Let me buy oh, you yeah. a horse, little girl. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, and you could like almost think, you know, if they're having these massages and they've probably been having conversations you know, if she's told him that she's like, oh, I really want to get a horse. I just can't afford it. So he's thinking, um, you know, I'm speculating here, you know, so he's thinking, oh, I'll offer her something she really wants and maybe she'll do it. And man, this brought up so much for me that I had just suppressed from my previous career. Can I tell Um, you though, can I tell you though, again, I don't know anything. I am just speculating. These are just my opinions alone. But when I hear that, when I hear you say they had probably been talking, what I hear in my head is her being like, massage, 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 like, ugh, ugh, God, he's so, ugh, ugh. And he's like, what do you like? And she's like, uh, you know, horses. And he's like, I will buy you a horse. And she's like, yeah. uh-huh. Anyway, um, I yeah. think it's time for, you know, <laughs> So here, here's kind of the, where it goes for me, like, man, I wish I got paid $250,000 for every time a guy during a massage asked for a quote erotic massage. Cause man, I'd be in a lot better place in life right now. And I think that there should be like a national mandate that if you are found guilty of trying to elicit sexual acts from somebody who doesn't want to do them, that you automatically have to pay them $250,000 every time you do it. I'm so and that into might that. Put a stop to it. I am so, so into that, except that none of these people have $250,000. Well, most of them don't. We would only just be getting rid of all the politicians and like, you know. <laughs> the politicians and famous people really it's funny you say politician because I want to add this one piece that was Mm. also in the article and I'm not sure if you got this is like way down in it so I'm not sure you got this far um so anyway so we know that he doesn't buy her a horse he ends up having to settle with for two because he's not guilty so he settled Mm -hmm. right because he's not guilty that totally makes sense to me um also side note why wasn't she required to sign a non-disclosure agreement so that was another thing that like when I was telling you earlier that, so I was listening to this podcast because they were talking about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing and they were talking about the Me Too movement. Um, and they were saying, so basically what the Me Too movement was, was like saying, you know, well, women are allowed to, to tell their stories and screw the non-disclosure agreements. I am allowed to tell my story. Mm-hmm. So I think that like whether or not you sign an NDA you can't like if someone sexually assaults or harasses you you can tell that story Mm -hmm. I will note that the article seems pretty um, specific that most of this is coming from a declaration made by a friend Mm. of the flight attendant so they might have skirted a non-disclosure agreement Mm. by having the friend say she told me this happened um which also then makes it hearsay so I don't I mean you know like we could just go down the rabbit hole with this but let me tell you what Elon Musk says back because he gets you know this is from Business Insider so they are the ones that wrote the article they reach out to him for comment which seems like a totally legit like Mm -hmm. source right 
yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. So he, he said, if I were inclined to engage in sexual harassment, this is such a non-answer, such a non-answer, if I were inclined, this is unlikely to be the first time in my entire 30 career year career that it comes to light. Huh? Okay, Elon, what are you? Like, so okay. I think he's, so he's about- literally saying that, these, that, that if this is the first, that, that if this is coming out, then there must be obviously more. How yeah, weird I know. Of a like statement. what he is saying is like what he's saying without saying it is get ready because oops, <laughs> oops, someone, someone has decided. See, here is what happens when you say that you are going to buy Twitter during one of the most, like right before one of the most important elections of our lifetime, mm-hmm. and you say you're going to put Donald Trump back on Twitter. Here's what mm-hmm. happens. Here's what happens. All those women who are like, mm-mm, mm-mm, you're not going to take away all my rights. Yeah. Those women are now like, you know, I was cool. I was playing it really cool because, you know, I got my $250,000, but now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you do all this shit. Like, I really think that things are coming out of the woodwork because he is just like, he honestly, you know, I'm, I feel like I use the word unhinged a lot when we talk about <laughs> Like what's happening right now we talk about men we talk about men but i'm telling you elon musk is seeming really unhinged right now like Mm -hmm. if you read his twitter and so i I don't (laughs) right and i never did before either but it keeps showing up in my feed because so many people now that i follow are responding to him because of like his you know trying to buy twitter thing and so he keeps showing up in my thing. I didn't even know he had, like, I don't know anything about him. Um, it, he, you know, it makes perfect sense that he and Amber Heard dated because both two people who I'd never heard of until <laughs> like a real, someone made a really big mistake and mm-hmm. they sh- started showing up. Um, like literally never heard of any, either of these people until like just a few years ago. And like, he just seems so unhinged and once people start to go a little off the rails everything starts coming out because I feel like when you have it together people don't want to say anything because they're scared and they think well shoot he's gonna like you know he's gonna quiet that he's gonna hush this up really quickly he's gonna maybe sue me you know he has so much power and money that like he can do anything you know like I'm sure that he has the power to like shut our podcast down, you know, like he can do whatever, you know, I mean, he's just a rich guy. He can do whatever he wants. So this Um, might be the last episode of our podcast. Just blame Elon um, for everything. (laughs) But I mean, I will say that like, when you start acting like you're not thinking straight, you know, or you start getting way too big headed that like, not just the people around you knew that you had an ego, but like the whole world is starting to like worry about your ego situation. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're going to hear a lot more stories like this. Um, well, did you hear about, so when he dated Amber Heard, he gave her like multiple Teslas. And then later it was discovered that he had planted cameras in them. So I guess she sold them or gave them back I don't know she doesn't have them now but um that's creepy and then there was allegations that came up 
also that he had done that to many people, like given them Teslas and planted cameras in there so that he could watch them. And that takes his creepiness to like a whole new level. What? And then you think, and the Tesla itself, because remember we rented one mm-hmm. um, like a month ago and we talked about it here on the podcast about driving it, but the mm-hmm. thing is covered in cameras already. So it's like kind of freaky to think that this thing is already kind of recording everything you're doing and it's also recording like if people come up to the car um it's recording you know if somebody's trying to hit you the car will like react to it so there's like so many cameras and who knows where all that information goes or if it can be used all i'm gonna say is like and i am still 100 100 electric car that said when I was in a work meeting like six years ago and we went around the table and we were like, what's your dream? And two of the dudes at the table said to own a Tesla. And I said, not me, man, not me. Mm. I'm just saying, I knew it then. And I didn't even know who Elon Musk was. I knew it Mm. then. And I'll say it again now, not me. I don't want any part (laughs) Yeah. that situation crazy that is some crazy talk and I'm sure we will get more into this when we like talk you know about the herd v dip thing at some point again in the future but like yeah, yeah for I sure. just can't even and I don't even I don't even want it like I don't I hate that we're even giving him room here you know like that we're even talking about him at all but it's just like I feel like any kind of taking advantage situation any kind of harassment situation any kind of like jerk rich he just fits into all these categories so Mm -hmm. you know now that he's out there maybe we'll just slip him in all the time i'm gonna tell you super super rich men are the people i think i'm the most afraid of in this world because they can do anything and get away with it let me tell you as somebody who works in the justice system who works with victims there are zero rich people on probation but that's not because they don't commit crimes so if you're rich and i can tell you like if you have money you are not bound by the same rules the same laws the same punishments that people that don't have money are and that does mean you can get away with anything and when that when that jeffrey epstein thing came out i was like of course like I knew it all along that there had to be something like that. And there's the validation. And And I have to tell you, I really honestly still don't know very much about the Jeff. I don't either. Um, I never watched the Jazane, whatever the hell that woman's name is. I never watched whatever there was. There was a documentary. I never watched, you know, when, when they were, they, when they killed himself and it was like, Oh, he didn't go. I didn't know anything about it. Like I just keep hearing, like, I, I know a little bit about it now, just because of all the other people who were involved, um, in that situation. And it's just like, so I don't even really know who he is outside of who he is with regard to like soliciting all these women and doing all this like illegal yeah. shit. Oh yeah. I don't know anything um, about him either. As far as like honest. rich and stuff. I mean, I don't know why he's rich or what, I mean, I don't know what he did I, otherwise. I don't either. doesn't matter. No. Honestly, I can't watch that documentary because 
the way my job has gotten now, like I can't come home. I used to come home and watch Law and Order, Forensic Files, all these documentaries. I listen to all these true crime podcasts and I still do listen to a lot of true crime, but I've shifted away from like the murder and rape and like mm-hmm. child abuse stuff and kind of gotten into more like scam artists and people who just are really good at deceiving other people and, and taking advantage of them. Cause I find that stuff to be like really fascinating. Yeah. And also a lot less dark um, because I can't, like, I have to read like child sexual abuse police reports at work. And like, I just can't come home and then have more of that stuff go into my head. Like I need to clear yeah. my head of it and do something that's fun and light. And- that's sort of how I was like, I mean, kind of like when I had a kid and not only that, but like when I started watching being re- getting really, I don't know when all of this, this Ukraine war stuff started happening mm-hmm. and I started reading like everything that was going on there. I was like, you know what? I just don't want any part of like mm-hmm. any of this. I'm just going to watch the Kardashians and like mm-hmm. reality, like totally BS reality TV because I just I don't I don't want anything dark in my house at all anymore yeah. like I can't yeah. anymore that happened to me when I had my first kid too and it took years for me to be able to even watch Law and Order SVU but um I mean I'm glad that I've got so much of that in me because I'm literally constantly thinking of every possible predator or scenario where somebody is going to try to kidnap my child yeah. and sell them into sex slavery and so so I've got enough of it in my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. Like, mm-hmm. totally understand. And so, so yeah, so I, I haven't gone and done any more research, but. Uh, like got but enough yeah. anxiety. It just confirms that the Epstein thing and this with Elon Musk, I think just confirms that, that rich men have a history of getting to do whatever they want. They can do the most perverse and horrible things, things we can't even think of. Yeah. A lot of us. That is, and that's the thing. Like a lot of these things that I hear about, I'm like, I would never occur to me that you could even do that, much less that yeah. someone would want to do that. Like you could have an entire island of children that you yeah. could just sexually abuse. Yes. Like, who thinks of that kind of stuff? Yes, it's, cra- right? it's crazy to me. And it also, I'm curious about like, you know, what is the mindset? I wonder what it really feels like to have so much money where your mind actually starts going to these places. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't think we'll, me and you are going to ever <laughs> get to that. Well, point and in is our it, lives. is it inevitable at a certain mm-hmm. point or like, is it inevitable that you think that you are God, mm-hmm. you know, or and whatever, then, that what you think you women? really can't do anything? Like yeah. is, is Oprah like secretly like has a well a Oprah bought us Dr. Oz voice. and Dr. Phil so True. I'm a little I'm a little peeved with Oprah at present which is really upsetting because I in general love Oprah and yeah. now I'm like you unleash these fools what are you going to do about it mm-hmm, Oprah mm-hmm. Oprah you need to come out and like denounce yeah. it's so funny stuff. like that you bring up um Dr. Phil because like I remember when it first came out, it just seemed like so powerful and new. And mm-hmm. like now, like 30 years later, I'm like, why are we still having, I have like, a friend who's like obsessed. So outdated. I have a friend who's obsessed. It's with Dr. Phil and I'm like, how can you watch this? Trash? Appropriate. Like it's like, we should not be talking to people like that who are having actual real life mental Mm-mm. health crises. No. Uh, so anyway, but I do not okay. want to go off on a tangent like that. So anyway, so I just wanted to say that reading this article about Elon Musk and the fact that it was connected to massage 
started to bring up so much stuff for me that mm-hmm. I totally put into a box and like hid in the basement of, of my mind. Yeah. And I really because, cannot, like, I want to talk to you about all that. Yeah. So 10 years of being a massage therapist, a lot of that in private practice as a young woman, um, definitely have some crazy stuff that uh, I want to share with you guys that, uh, you know, a different view of workplace harassment because Elon Musk was her boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these people that I'm talking about are clients. They're not my boss, but kind of when you're in massage therapy or any of those types of professions, the client is your boss because they're who gives you the work and pays you. Um, and there's definitely a power balance mm-hmm. that's happening in that room um, because you're working for that money and you obviously need that money because you're there working for it. So what do you do when you are faced with a choice of, do I turn down money that I really need because this guy's a creep or do I let my boundaries mm-hmm. just roll over my boundaries, right? So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into that. All right. So we're back from the break. And I wanted to jump in, as always, when we get into these topics, a bit of my personal experience, because I think that's what makes this way more interesting mm-hmm. than us just talking about stuff happening in the news or theoretical stuff. Absolutely. I have mentioned this many times on this podcast that I used to be a massage therapist. I did it for 10 years. And so I learned how to do massage back when I was probably about 20 years old. Um, A friend of mine had been a massage therapist and he trained me how to do sort of like a standard massage. Fast forward 15 years later, I married that man and he's now my husband. But at that point in time, we were just that friends. That is so weird. <laughs> no, what's yeah. weird about it is that I cannot even begin to imagine him being a massage. Like, I cannot imagine walking into a room to get a massage being like, oh, okay. Not that I have like an idea of what a massage therapist looks like because I don't get massages like ever. I've had one in my entire life and I hated everything about it, Mm, but I just, I guess I, I, I get like a hippie, like I want, I feel like a massage therapist in my head is like a young tan or like a even middle-aged tan, long brunette, hippie, (laughs) dippy you know, like yeah, incense burning, uh, just everything opposite your husband. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, anyway, so he, he was very young. Um, he was in his early twenties when he was a mm-hmm. massage therapist and then he went on to teach. And then by the time I met him, he hadn't been doing it for many years, but I, I think that one of the things that happens when you are a massage therapist is you become very particular about how you want to be massaged not saying other people are in particular but I know that it definitely made me very particular so anyway so he trained me and my friend like how to give a massage and so we started just giving him massages and then we started giving our other friends massages and I kind of discovered that I really enjoyed this I didn't foresee it being a career for me because I imagined me being in something more of like a office type work Mm -hmm. but um, then I got pregnant when I was 25 with my oldest child 
And the career path I was on at that time just kind of seemed like it was dead ending. I was working with children with special needs, specifically autism primarily, but also some um, other types of disorders as well. But it, it just clearly wasn't a job that I was going to be able to make into a career where I could really make any significant amount of money. Mm. And so I needed very quickly to find a stable job that would support my child because I just didn't figure that anyone else was going to make sure that my child was supported. It was going to be up to me. So I really wanted to find a career that I could do. And I liked that massage had flexibility. There was traveling in it. You were your own boss or very independent at least. So it had all these things about it that were very attractive to me. Yeah. And then I also just really enjoyed doing massages. I was a little bit worried because there are some things that I have issues with. Very hairy people. Oh, I didn't yeah. know how I was going to handle that. Um, probably still didn't end up being my favorite clients to work with, but you just learn how to work with all different types of people. That's part of the training. Now, also part of the training is what to do when you get into a situation, because it's bound to happen, especially if you're a young female, that uh, a man becomes excited. And so there's different types of situations. There's where it's happening accidentally, and there's professional ways to manage that and continue on with your- She means when he gets an erection. Yes. (laughs) So you can continue on. Uh, and, and just disregard because that happens to some people. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be an automatic, you know, end of the situation. But then there's other times where people definitely are wanting that to happen or they are there partic- specifically because they want that to happen mm-hmm. and they want you to recognize that it's happening and then just do something about it, mm-hmm. um, which I find really disturbing. So I kind of want to tell you guys a little bit about what you don't know when you go into being a massage therapist or what you're going to experience. Cause it totally blindsided me, even though, like I said, we were trained to handle a variety of different situations, um, including like defensive tactics. If you needed to Jeez. protect yourself and get out of that room very quickly, it's not a big part of the lesson, but just things to think about. If you do have a client who's you're saying, you're not going to do something and maybe they are starting to act more aggressively, basically just how you get yourself out of that room and into a safe Because you are typically like alone. With you're the alone in a room. Usually dark. The room is dark. And so what's happening outside of that room is very important. It can be very scary. And there certainly have been times where I have rented offices in an office building and you're there maybe in the evening or on the weekends and there isn't anybody else out there. So you've not only going to have to maybe get yourself out that door, but to your vehicle and and make some sort of an escape. That has never happened to me. I've never had to do anything like that, but they did cover stuff like that. So that's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing I thought I would have to face. Maybe some guy trying to grab me and I've got to run out the room. No, that never happened. I would categorize the inappropriate things that happened in massages as falling into two categories. One and this is really the much better side of this, is they just come right out and say, this is what I'm looking for. And I feel like that's at least honest. I can simply respond back. I don't do that. You're in the wrong place. I've literally told people 
if you so want you've had that, that happen to yeah. you Most, I've had like lots of times not a lot the cutest there was one time it was actually very cute <laughs> this really really old guy like cane and everything comes in and we're doing our pre you know session talk and we're asking him asking questions trying to get some information and he informs me that his wife of many 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 years recently passed away and he's been very lonely and I'm starting to follow what he's talking about and I appreciated that at least he was saying all this before he even took his clothes off right like and I just let him know that that was not what I did and I did not uh you know that that wasn't anywhere in my realm of what I do but that there are people that do that and I instructed him to return to Craigslist because this is back when massage therapists actually advertised on Craigslist and there were certainly advertisements in there mixed in that were for other types of massage and then there was even like an erotic section back then so some of it there'll be some bleed over there mm -hmm. so I was like nope you can go right back to Craigslist you were just in the wrong section I told him what section to go to and I wished him well but it was like kind of cute because he was so old and like obviously so embarrassed like to even be there asking for it but I'm like good luck good luck my man hope you find what you're looking for in this life so that happened every now and again not that often and like I said when it did at least it felt honest and I could just be straight up with that person um sometimes it would come in the form of hey I really don't like being draped I'm really uncomfortable with the sheet that's well you know there are laws I'm a licensed practitioner I have to follow these laws for all I know this person is a sting operation from the licensing board person who's there trying to see if they can get me to do something that's illegal and then I lose my license so I just assume anytime anybody's asking me to do something wrong that I'm being set up and that this will you know go to the licensing board and I'll lose my license so wow so that's one part of it and those were easy to turn down and just say you know that's that's not what I do but there are, I'm sure are people out there that do that and you can find them if you look but that's just not what I do and I really want to pause here real quick and just say that there is a bit of a difference in terminology mm -hmm. and I find that to be very important and it gets really under my skin when somebody calls me the wrong name so I was a licensed massage therapist. Mm -hmm. That means I went to school. I completed a required number of hours and internships and practice massages under the direction of an instructor. That means that I took a test with the state licensing board. I do continuing education credits every year to maintain my license. I pay fees and I adhere to this professional code of ethics. The other term that people use is masseuse. Yeah. I am not a masseuse. I have actually lectured many a person over the years, including my own family. So what is a that masseuse? I'm not, it's a person who does massage. Because I thought a masseuse sounded fancier. A masseuse is a person that does massage and is not necessarily trained 
or licensed or adhering to any type of standard of practice. So they are is a, like a consultant. A masseuse is just a, an unlicensed massage person. Gotcha. They are not a, they're not a therapist. I consider a massage therapist to be a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. We are trained to be able to work alongside with healthcare professionals. We are trained to bill insurance. It's a medical practice. Mm. A masseuse is more of a someone you go to for a hand job. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. So if you call me a masseuse, you have absolutely massively insulted me. And it still happens to this day. I still see people use that word incorrectly. And I actually am at a point where I just, I'm not a massage therapist anymore. I don't feel the need to continue to explain this to people in my personal life. But for this podcast, I would like to explain that, that if you're going to a licensed massage therapist, do not call that person a masseuse. That's not what they are. They've spent a lot of time and money to be a massage therapist and they need to be respected in that capacity. So, well, I think that when people say that they have no clue and they think that it is interchangeable and that it is respectful mm-hmm. to call you that. Because again, I thought masseuse was like a fan, like I think masseuse and I think like a spa, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and again, I really just don't like, I don't know. I always call, I have so many friends who are massage therapists. Yeah. Um, and so I've always called them massage therapists, but that's because that's what they are mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. just didn't, but I didn't, I, but masseuse was a huge word in like the nineties and mm-hmm. the early two thousands, I think. So, I, and that may be like the last time I heard it, but I did, I mean, I definitely, assume they were interchangeable like when it was a a word that I heard yeah I don't find that to be interchangeable and so I did want to take this opportunity to maybe enlighten a few other people in the world that uh it actually can be really condescending Mm, good to to call someone a masseuse now I've worked with massage therapists who are not licensed and who practice you know, illegally, so to speak. And, and they also probably adhere to the code of ethics, but they aren't paying the licensing fees or taking the tests or doing the continuing education. And I have mixed feelings about that, but this isn't really a podcast about massage therapy, professional ethics and code of conduct. No, we want to hear about the hand jobs. (laughs) Let's get to the good stuff, right? (laughs) So I want to I wanna circle back here and now talk about the other side of when people come in wanting something that isn't what I do, but they're not direct or upfront or honest about it. And mm. this was the side of massage that I did not know existed. Nobody prepared me for it. And I do think honestly should be taught. And I have talked to many other massage therapists about it and I've had friends that have gone into it or anything I share with them about this because people need to be aware because it happens way too much okay under the big umbrella of people that want happy endings Mm -hmm. there's some that are direct about it and then the other people are what I'm going to talk about now the way the the way other people handle it and that I found really really concerning okay and that is the people that try to be sneaky about it Like they think that maybe you're just going to be like, oh, hey, I all of a sudden just realized I really want to give you a hand job. Um, 
like if you like it's like any other sexual situation though where it's like people (laughs) try to manipulate you into doing Mm -hmm. it because they you they know that you're so caught off guard and uncomfortable that like Mm -hmm. you might just do it to get out of the situation yes that's what I wanted to share I didn't know the manipulation would be so much a part of it and that there would be people who were willing to spend months or years of their life trying to work up to that Mm -hmm. and I've I have experienced that that would give me so much anxiety many times oh it's horrible well because at first so your brand new massage therapist it's your first year in the business you're so motivated you got you know all this stuff you are so excited to share this gift of healing with Mm. people who have sore shoulders and necks and backs and are having you know um, loss of feeling in their arms or legs due to pinched nerves like you're going to go out there and you're going to heal these people and then you get caught off guard by these situations where you're like wait what's happening here because because at first it takes a while sometimes even figure out what is happening for example this guy used to come in to the day spa where i worked and he would request a 90 minute which is a, the right about the average amount of time for a massage um a lot that of people get so an hour long like i just cannot that's like people who do like 90 minute yoga i'm like are you not done yet if that's i'm gonna get a massage long. i want it for 90 minutes oh, it takes Lordy. 90 minutes to do a full body massage and hit all of the important things. You can do an hour, but you're going to be grazing over some of the the body parts really quickly because there's just not time to get everything, the right attention. So anyway, so he comes comes in for a normal amount of time. He told me that he was like a long distance bike rider. And so he would get really tight and sore in his glutes Mm. and his hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So we spent most of the time laying face down. I massaged, you know, all arms, back, neck, but we spent more time focusing on his glutes and his hamstrings. Oh, girl. And like this I said, is why I can never be a massage therapist. <laughs> I would be like, oh, really? oh you do? Mm, I'm sure you do. Okay. So let me walk right out. (laughs) Let me go. And there are plenty (laughs) of people. I once, I used to work at a assisted living facility and I worked with all these old ladies and this one lady comes in and just like, I pulled a muscle in my groin and I'm like, see, I would just be like, that is too bad. I, I was like, she's not a guy because if that was always my red flag like if a guy comes so in and says he's pulled a muscle in his groin that's my question how like how because I don't want to assume that it's always men do women do this mm-hmm. too so no I mean I think she literally pulled okay. a muscle in her groin she but have you ever little, had a lady. woman like expect no. more really no okay. no not that I can tell okay at all and predominantly most of your clients are men, which already I also didn't know. And I was really upset about. See, okay. So I used to work mm-hmm. at a women's gym and we had a room for massage therapists and mm-hmm. like a uh, 99.9, it was always women. I mean, yeah. it was a women's gym, but men trained there too. So they could get massages there as well. Mm-hmm. And like never saw a man walk in there. So yeah. I guess I just have like a really skewed 
vision of it, you know, but okay. Mm -hmm. So anyway, mm -hmm. Mr. 90 minutes. So now I hate to judge a book by its cover, but nothing about the way this guy looked told me long distance bike rider. Mm. He just was not physically fit. He was an older guy, clearly like a business office professional, always came in wearing business so I professional will tell you, clothes. Just, since you don't seem to know this, um, bicyclists, they never look like you, like you, you would never guess. Exactly. Never so guess I, so I'm like who from like one barbecue and beer situation to the next one. I know I used to hang out with a lot of people who did this regularly Yeah, and you would never guess. So, so I mean, I, I didn't question fault. him. I, I was thinking, okay, it's, he doesn't seem to be like super athletic. Um, his muscles weren't particularly tight, but Again, I'm not going to judge him just because to me, he doesn't look like what I think a long distance bike rider should look like. That's so mm -hmm. dis discriminatory. Sure. Well, so we worked together for, for months and um, he came in once or twice a week sometimes. So he, so, I mean, he was like a significant, that's significant in your budget when you yeah. have a client coming in and requesting you once or twice every week. That's, that's a, that's, you know. Like you don't want to just throw that person out because then you're losing that money. So oh, no. it's like this balancing act you've got to play too. I start to notice that like when he's laying face down, like he would shift his weight a little bit. Nobody else did that, but he didn't do it like all the time or in like any sort of like emotion. He just would shift his weight every now and again. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just it's he's laying face down for a long time it's uncomfortable your nose gets clogged up right I'm trying no. to... <laughs> so he wow he so he keeps coming back and he's wanting more and more work on his glutes and inner thighs and in fact one day he called and asked if he could book a two-hour only on the glutes and inner thighs massage and I said no because he wouldn't be able to walk out of there you can't do that much work to any one body part I mean just like actually legitimately can't do that wow. I would say no to anybody but I'm like something here is wrong <clears throat> and then he got up off my table one day and had left me a present Oh no. And I blacklisted him that day from the spa. Good for you. Well, yeah. But again, I am now losing maybe lots of three, $300 per week, two to $300 per week that he was um, bringing into that spa. Wow. And he never asked me to do anything that, that was outside so of my sneaky it's sneaky and gross and it made me very unhappy because I suddenly didn't believe anything he had really said anymore you know like because all I'm like, of a sudden every time he was in there he was like went in for mm -hmm. that intention and knew exactly what mm -hmm. he was doing and the and shifting was, was oh no and the shifting was part of it and so like I'm I'm able to tell you this story now mm. with the benefit of hindsight but as it's happening I'm like am I making this up am I reading mm -hmm. too much into this yeah you know I'm still so new this is my first year 
as a massage therapist. And so I blacklisted him. Hmm. That guy even tried to come back months later and go in with a different massage therapist. And he tried to tell her that he was some, he was doing like intensive yoga for hours every day. And I'm like, really? This guy's now, now he's, yeah. And he wants what, two hours of inner thigh massage? Yeah. Same guy, boot him out. Wow. So, so that was the kind of stuff um, that, but he never said anything, never made even a sideways comment to me. He laid there completely quietly, never said anything before or after. It just was, he was figuring out what he needed to do, what he could request of me to get what he wanted without me even being aware of it. Well, that was a huge wake up call. I was like, okay. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it got to the point where when I saw a middle-aged balding man come in, in office professional gear, I was like Mm -hmm. 50, 50 chance. This guy is here for the wrong reason. Cause that was the, the type that started to emerge when I started to see the people that were really trying to be manipulative uh, for getting something extra. Now, the other way people would try to, uh, to sort of be more manipulative is by talking to me about things and then continuing to just little by little push. Okay. Like give me an example. Okay. I absolutely will. I have a perfect example for you. This guy comes in he is uh, a, a scientist. He works at the local lab, the lab that just happens to do all of the STD testing for the area where we live. And so he's telling me all the crazy things that he sees at his job and like how, so there, how many STDs there are out in our community mm-hmm. and that, you know, no one should ever have unprotected sex. And, and we, again, work together for months I worked on him probably once a week or every other week. He was married and had children. His wife started coming to see me. I worked on her as well, but he was a talker and his marriage was failing and he was really unhappy and was thinking about getting a divorce. And he talked to me a lot about that during the massages, which then got a little bit awkward because I also work with his wife, but she never talked. So thankfully I didn't have to hear both sides of the marriage or whatever, But he, but I, this is a situation where I realized that he kept pushing the conversation a little bit more and more. Suddenly now we're talking about what's not going well, more on the intimate level of their relationship. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's just venting to me. I'm kind of like a therapist. It's not unusual for people to talk and Mm -hmm. just kind of talk about what's going on. His marriage failing is a very big deal to him right now. And, uh, and it's probably causing him a lot of stress. He's got young children. Divorces are very stressful. I don't want to, you know, tell him he can't talk about this on the table. So I allow it to go on, but I'm going to tell you that after working with that person for probably over a year, over a year, I started piecing together all the things that he's telling me. His wife is not sleeping with him. His marriage is failing. He's aware of the STDs and the numbers of them in our community. And he would like to have something outside of his marriage, but he's not comfortable having sex with some random person in the community. Well, guess what that means he wants me to do? Did he ever come out and ask me for it? Did he ever say it? Did we ever even breach that? 
but I finally figured it out. I was like, all this time, this guy's telling me all this because he's coming here because he's not going to go to a bar and hook up with a stranger. He would rather do something that he feels is safer in the world of STDs, which is for his massage therapist to jerk him off at the end and of at his massage. Probably totally getting off on this buildup. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. That's so. Ah, dear mm-hmm. men, this is why we hate you. This is gross. Like, but I'm saying, do you see the time commitment? That was at least a year and a half or two years. Okay, so not here's more that we worked together. Right, but when you say time commitment, the thing is, is that part of his what he was getting off on was the buildup and was probably you not knowing about it. Mm-hmm. It's that like sneaky manipulation stuff that men get off on. It's like the whole, this mm-hmm. is wrong. This isn't like, it's, it's that whole, you know, this is dirty and this isn't right, you know, and, oh, I'm going to catch this person off guard that they get like, that's the point of it, you know? Cause like, if you, if you had done it, he wouldn't be into it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when, I mean, that's my guess. Yeah. So that was when I realized that people that want to talk about sexy stuff, that's oh. where we're headed. And I had another guy after him come in to and book a massage with me. And there was, for most of my practice, I would work in a day spa and also have my own office space. And I didn't usually mix those two worlds. You have to have a very, you know, I'm not going to ask clients that are from the day spa to come to my, because that's poaching, um, Mm. you know, so, Mm -hmm. but I did normally operate in both contexts because I had some really good regular clients who I had worked with for years, who followed me wherever I went, who were good people and were not trying to do anything creepy. Uh, And I didn't necessarily want to share half of my earnings with a day spa that had nothing to do with me getting that client that was Mm -hmm. my client so I would usually maintain a private office space as well and sometimes people would find me even though I at a certain point quit um, advertising especially after the Craigslist killer thing and a lot of bad stuff started happening um, around massage and it just got very creepy and after so many bad experiences I honestly couldn't I couldn't even deal with meeting new men because I was just so sure. A percentage of what? Of like how many people, how many men do this in your experience? I would say it was less in the day spa. So you Mm. encountered this less if you were in a day spa. I did work with more women in the day spa setting, but certainly lots of men. But I would say when we're talking about my independent practice, I'd say almost half of the men looking back were at least on some level wouldn't have would have been thrilled if it turned out that I was the kind of person that would pick up on those clues or could be manipulated into doing that. But I'm going to say. And you can't say like, I only work with women because then all your money's gone. You wouldn't make any money. I I, in my independent practice, probably 10% of my clientele was women, whereas at the day spa, maybe 50 or 60% was women. But in a day spa, you make significantly less money because you're sharing your earnings with that day spa. They're providing all this other 
But don't service. you think that that tells you a lot about how people in general see massage therapy? Like if, I mean, that's a really, first of all, that's a really high number of men. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying you couldn't make a living, if you were just doing mm-hmm. this with women, then I think that, I mean, clearly the world sees massage therapy as like something other than what you think massage therapy is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I... yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, even my own grandparents, when I told them I was going to massage school, mm-hmm. they sat me down. I swear to God, they sat me down, Kelly, and they said, honey, we really don't want you to be a prostitute. And I'm like, that's not, they didn't even see it as anything other than happy endings. They really had no other understanding of it. And they always called me a masseuse till the day they both died. Mm -hmm. They never, never got it that I was not a masseuse. But I think they did get that, that there was a different side of that job. Mm-hmm. And I explained that to them and they were there, you know, with me as I was going through school and were supportive of me having a good career, but there's so, and I could do a whole podcast. And in fact, maybe one day we will do a podcast about all the things that are wrong with massage therapy and why that entire field needs to be revamped. And I think it would actually help this situation quite a bit if that was given a different respect not only in our communities, but I think in movies and television, we really need to start portraying massage more accurately and st- not, you know, that's what you were even okay. saying. Every time well, you see it in a now. movie, hold it's about now. a hand job. Pause. You say that we need to be portraying it more accurately, but if the majority of the people think no, no, that no. It's, I'm saying it's more ending, accurately, maybe that of... is the accuracy. Maybe that's what it is, and then like, and then okay. there's there so are people maybe... who are trying to make money and yeah. making it something that it's not. What I mean is, we need to portray it more accurately to I think what when people get into massage therapy, what they are wanting to do. But not which thing first, accurately. Heather? <laughs> I don't care. I really, really did someone hate... go, hey, I, I did this thing. And it was like, you know, it, really, was, it was great. Really... But you know, there, it might help my back too. Yeah, and then no. there came. I really, con- really hate. I would like that to know after, the history of massage therapy. That after five or six years of doing this, I literally absolutely hated it. And I wanted mm-hmm. out of it as quickly as possible. I... I had no enjoyment of anything. I didn't care about helping people anymore. Mm -hmm. It was now the way I earned money to support my family. And I just had to go and do my job. And I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And I had to work for another four or five years in that place until I got far enough along in college so that I could branch out into my next career. So yeah, no, it really is upsetting that I came into this with one idea and I I mean we could discuss the history of massage and I guarantee it's you know probably there is a lot of history in it about it being tied erotically however I really would like to see us carve out a definitive understanding that there is a thing called massage therapy it is a medical health practice and it is not in any way connected to erotic practices or massage 
down there type stuff at all. But for another day. You say so, Heather. So I have tons of stories I could share, but I really don't want to sit here all day and rehash everything. I just wanted to give you sort of a couple that really stuck out and sort of highlight the different ways that I felt being that I had been was being manipulated or people were trying to manipulate me mm-hmm. and I, that's what I really wanted to share because it, it's really not this thing where like you're giving a massage this guy just whips it out and is like touch it like that's, See, and that's not- what I thought you were going to talk about I was not mm-hmm. expecting it to be so incredibly manipulative mm-hmm. and such a psychological thing mm-hmm. no it that's um, really messed up it, it I never had anyone quote unquote like the what the lady said about Elon Musk whip it out or expose himself mm-hmm. and then try to touch her with his genitalia which is interesting because you hear about that all the time and mm-hmm. like that is ugh. No. I mean all, I'm always I'm always amazed at just everything that I hear I really <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> you know and all the things that have actually happened to me I'm still mm-hmm. shocked and amazed at the things that I hear because the things that have happened to me are so totally different and not even remotely like that mm-hmm. you know so or I guess, I guess a lot more of what I've experienced in my personal life is a lot of what like you're talking about where, Mm -hmm. where things are a lot more manipulative and, you know, people try to gain your trust. And then all of a sudden it's like, you can't trust anything that they say because they've been trying to do this one thing this whole time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, how can I trust anything? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, definitely closer to what I've experienced just like in life mm-hmm. so so that means these guys are totally probably not just even doing it with this kinky thing they're probably in their real lives doing this kind of sick stuff too and let me tell you the craziest thing that I uncovered when I was a massage therapist still back worse. in the, the Craigslist days Ugh. so there's a book Somebody wrote a book about how to go to a regular massage therapist who does not advertise or in any way let it be known that they are doing happy endings. Mm -hmm. So someone who you would consider to be above board and legitimate um, professional therapist. And then how over the course of time to manipulate them into giving you the happy ending no there's way. a book a book and they a book and for a long time somebody advertised it and I flagged it every time I saw it but somebody Probably advertised all over it on Craigslist mm. well the reddit didn't even exist when I was a massage therapist I don't think but um yeah and I saw that and I was floored but not surprised because I'm like well, it makes sense because I'm getting the same MO so wow. often that you almost have to believe there's like a support group a manual. where these guys are like yeah. sharing, yeah, a manual that these guys are sharing the tricks of how to get this to work. And basically, I, I think it's like a formula of like you get them hooked on the money, right? And then you keep saying or doing little things and see if they 
throw up boundaries or if they try to stop you. Um, and if you can get by with this, then try that next. And if you can get by with that, then do this. But it's all got to be very slowly and methodical. And you will eventually start to wear down without maybe even the therapist realizing it. You're wearing down these different boundaries that they have. And hopefully in the end, you know, and if not, then you go find another one and you start over. So and you would see these guys shopping around for the massage therapist that would do it. I am really, so now I'm curious and I don't know how we would ever know this because who's going to admit to this, but I am curious for people who have done it. Do the men still come back or do they then have to move on because they've like, I have no, that's the epitome no of idea. the thing. Because I really, I well, really and genuinely believe the buildup is part of, because it's the fantasy. They're building mm-hmm, up, like mm-hmm. they're building up that fantasy. And that's what these kind of men get off on. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And I don't know, because this is the thing you work maybe in a day spa with all these other women, or I, I knew lots so of clearly massage therapists. Some of them are friends. doing it, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, you have no idea when that person goes into the room unless you see them blacklisting clients or you're sharing notes and they seem to be on the same page as you, but even that could just be an act to throw you off that they're totally doing it. So, yeah, I mean, it just felt like a minefield of like, I don't even know just is maybe me being associated with this massage therapist, letting people make like, and then they do it. So that guy knows that they do it. So they're thinking because we're friends or we work together that I do it too. Like it got, really freaky as far as like I just couldn't do my job anymore I just had my I was so paranoid about everything and there was one case in particular that sent me over the edge and you guys don't even realize I've already told you about it way back in season one when I shared with you the stalking story (gasps) that guy started out as a massage client I saw him once to twice a week he came in with a doctor's mm. prescription. He yeah. had an actual hip issue and we weren't even doing massage. We were doing stretching only of the hip and it was very painful. It was not feel good rubbing anything at all like that. It was literally just physical therapy stretching. Uh, massage therapists are trained in some of the same techniques that physical therapists are. And so there's certain conditions if you have them you can go either to a physical therapist or you can go to a massage therapist. And this was that situation. And I worked with that guy for years before he had a house that he was the landlord of come up for rent. And because we had worked together for so long and he had been so professional with me, I felt comfortable saying, Hey, we're looking for a place to rent, you know, and this sounds like it might actually be a really great fit. And as soon as I rented that house, it became totally clear very quickly to me that this guy thought we were in a relationship. He had created this entire fake world in which I was interested in him, dating him. I have no idea, but I was like, what is actually happening and that's part of why that was so scary Mm -hmm. because I realized that this guy this was the part of the buildup was now I've lived in a house he owns 
and I'm his tenant, which I guess just plays into some porn yeah. fantasy or something. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and so I had to move out. I mean, this is like terribly scary, you know, upsetting and mm-hmm. traumatic for my child going through because we had just moved in this house. And now we've got this scary thing with this guy happening. I had to blacklist him immediately from being my client um, and then just had to navigate getting out of that situation as quickly as possible. But I never was able to take new clients after that. It just absolutely wrecked me professionally, which is really upsetting because that was just a kink for him. And for me, that was my life. That was my Mm -hmm. livelihood. That was how I supported my child. And he absolutely took advantage of me. And I was going through like some really like just difficult stuff personally too. And, and he totally just, just took advantage of that. And it just felt really dirty. So, mm. yep. That's intense. Good too. Times. It is, it is intense. Um, and made me have a totally different view of people mm-hmm. um, after that. And so that's really unfortunate. I would, I, I let go of my license and like, you can keep it like a provisional license. I actually just let go of it. Cause I was like, no, I will never do another massage. And after I let go of my license, I've never massaged another person, like not even my own husband, because I'm like, I'm just so over. I still like to go get massages, but I don't want to do them anymore. It's, it's been ruined for me, which yeah, is sad. That is you know? sad. And I think we really need to be more thoughtful about the fact that this is people's career. It was a career I loved and a career I imagined moving up. Like I imagined starting to teach massage classes and then maybe even eventually owning a massage school and not doing them. But I'm like, I don't want any part of this profession at all. I think it's got too many problems. Not enough people care about it. And clearly there's a significant part of the population, at least the male population who is absolutely fine with things going the way they are. And you have no control over the women who are, who Mm -hmm. do massages, who are totally okay with doing that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. not even the ones who are being manipulated into doing it, but the ones who are totally okay with like making that dream a reality for all Mm -hmm. of these creepsters. So yeah, because even if a massage therapist gets caught doing that, it's a fine and a brief suspension of their license. They're totally allowed to go back to practicing like within a few months or a year. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like there's really any, there's no penalty so harsh that uh, a woman who is engaging in that side of the practice would feel like, oh, it's not worth it. Because I'm sure they're making way more money doing it. And that was the other thing too, is I was like, that sucks that I struggle to make a legitimate living at this because the women that will do it or will at least allow their boundaries to be pushed further and play that game a little bit more. Cause I'm absolutely, well, okay. I think there might be massage therapists that don't do the happy ending, but will absolutely engage with the buildup and allow that to happen to con- because they're like, well, Hey, it's not technically crossing a boundary and I know what's that- going on. That's so, always but, the way though. That's, that's always gross. how it is, is that it's like, it's not just the men, it's the women who do it too, you know, and they make it bad for all the rest of us, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just, I don't know, there's just so much at play, you know, it's societal demands and built like it's, there's just so much going on, but at the end of the day, 
it's men who want it and women who will do it mm-hmm. and those are the problems those if the i could go people. back if i could go back um 15 or 16 years i would absolutely go to aesthetic school and then just be doing facials on women because there's probably way less of this stuff i'm hoping i'm thinking and then you don't like happens on blow out your arms and wrists yeah yeah because that's the other thing I have like no strength in my hands left either because I totally burned my my hands out um trying to support my family and that Mm -hmm. was that was the way I I had to do it so yeah so anyway um my very last parting thought because I know I mentioned this to you earlier and I definitely want to make sure I don't let it go by but uh a case right now that's bubbling up in the news is Deshaun Watson, who's an NFL player. He was a star quarterback from Clemson, mm. middle of South Carolina. So that's how I know about him because he mm. was a, a college uh, quarterback in the our home state. Uh, he goes into the NFL. He had like 30 something massage therapists come out with allegations of him getting aroused during massages and and going to completion. I'm not sure if it was him doing it and them just kind of letting it happen. Um, But uh, there's definitely a lot of talk about where the stuff was landing on their faces and their bodies. Um, So anyway, so he is in the midst of this huge legal battle with all these massage therapists coming out saying that he was doing this stuff to them. So anyway, if you're mm. want, wanting to follow some, cause like the Elon Musk thing didn't really gain any traction. That lady had already no. signed a non-disclosure agreement and her friend coming out and basically saying that her friend told her what happened and that she's not under a non-disclosure agreement made news for like one day, but obviously didn't I think that's really how it goes too much so it's kind yeah. of like it either didn't happen or somebody got shushed mm-hmm. oh I'm sure she got so. shushed because he paid for that to not come out but yeah. the Deshaun Watson thing is definitely not a one-time situation and these women were definitely not paid off he's denying all of it and saying that this is an orchestrated attack to ruin his career um Anyway, so that's a case wow. to maybe follow in the news because I'm always interested when we're talking about massage therapists and high profile, powerful, um, famous people type deal, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking advantage of that. Because I, like I said, just being in a room with a client where you're, you know, sort of budgetarily committed to their money coming in every week it's already hard to make a decision to blacklist somebody but imagine you're massaging this like you know multi-millionaire nfl player you know i'm sure that the stakes are way higher in i just feel like i would expect that in the same way that we talked about you know you're a girl going backstage at like a yes. concert or something if you're backstage you like you didn't Snoop know dog. something might be expected <laughs> yeah. you know and I'm not saying that that's okay I'm not condoning no, it in no. any way. I'm not condoning that that's a thing I'm but not condoning you I, know whatever but I'm I have intentionally avoided the backstage it. for that reason because I yeah. that's my understanding of what if you're a woman and you're back there that on some level you're expecting to and play I the groupie really would love to like have a conversation on an episode about like the music and all of that too but 
going back to this so that we can wrap this up because I've got a crying baby and things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect that if, if a high profile person came into me and I was a massage therapist, I'd be like, I, like, I don't think I would be able to do the, but like, I think I would have to walk away because, or just do the thing, you know, well, let me, cause let I would assume that that's what he was going to come. So let me for. tell you, I had one high profile massage Marcus Mariota, who was the starting quarterback for the Oregon ducks when, um, when he was in college went, he was the, um, Heisman trophy winner that year. He was the first round draft pick of that year into the NFL. So big time star athlete, uh, in his senior year in college, he came in and got a massage him and, and it was also his girlfriend. They did a couple's massage. So obviously a situation where he's not going to be asking for a happy ending, but he was legitimately and genuinely one of the nicest people I have ever met. And I actually became a huge fan of his. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But it's in the same, you know, in the same way that like some men are like, but I'm a good one. And it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. there are good men, but you good guys need to talk to the, to the not good guys because you know, the not good guys are ruining it for everyone. So I'm so sorry, but you just, nobody gets massages anymore until you guys can get your (laughs) shit together. You know, like, cause that's the thing you really can just ruin it for everyone. And then it just doesn't matter that there's one good guy, you know, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, was at least glad that he was one good guy. I was glad that, that he was, moment, he but. was a nice guy, <laughs> Yeah. but um, yeah, no, it, like I said, it, it really was more of these like middle age, unhappily married, working a crappy job type guys mm-hmm. who just, this was, they, they deserved this, you mm-hmm. know, they have yep. to do all this because they, you know, mortgage and kids and nagging wife and the one thing they get every week is to go get a massage and a happy ending and yeah yeah gross so anyway I always like when I can share some insider experience um, yeah and like I really appreciate you sharing because again those are situations that never would have occurred to me yeah and for anybody listening if you're thinking about going into massage I just think this is something that you should be aware is going to happen and you really have have your guard up against the manipulation even more than the whipping it out situation or get ready to put out don't do it don't do it (laughs) just say no (laughs) all right well this has been fun um yes i hope you have a great week kelly you too heather all right always say no always say no to everything all the time yes Except having a great week. Except having a great week. And on that note, until next time, keep it real.